Vulnerability comes from a Latin word, vulnus. You spoke on vulnerability two weeks ago. He did a good job in opening the subject up. It was Christ-centered. Thank you for doing that, Dan. Made me want to follow, follow it up, so that's what I'm doing tonight. Vulnus is the word for wound. And the verb, vulnerare, means the willingness or the ability to be wounded. So if you're vulnerable, you're open to criticism, you're open to a word of correction, you're open to being wounded. But if I'm already wounded, I don't want to be wounded. When I hurt my toe, a piano fell on it, it really was wounded, and so I was very careful. I, I walked around kind of like this, because I, I kicked the typewriter stand. You guys don't even know what one of those is, but I, I kicked one, and that did not feel good at all. And so if you're wounded, you don't want to be wounded again. So maybe you'll be more defensive than willing to be wounded. So I'm going to give you a lot of examples. This isn't cheap psychology. It's the Word of God. And so walk with me, stick with me, as we talk about the willingness to be wounded, the willingness to be weak. Said Paul, here's Paul, talking to the Corinthians, and he says in 1 Corinthians 2, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's the apostle of the apostles. And how willing he was to be weak with these Corinthians who were accusing him of being a little less than a superlative apostle. And rather than just being defensive and cutting away at them, he, he just uh, opened his heart to them and hoped they would open it back. So, good pastor friend. His wife came to him and said, just so you know, unless things change, we're about done. He could have shot back like a lot of men would have done. So I'm doing my part. Fortunately, he didn't. He listened. He got busy changing things that needed to be changed. They got things that need to be changed. And the relationship of Mark and Jill Herringshaw is better than it's ever been. And I'm public because he went public. That's what shocked me. When he wrote about this and sent it out, for all of us to read. When a leader does that, he lowers the playing field. And people who are struggling in their marriage say, well, if Mark goes public, maybe I can. Maybe I can at least acknowledge it to some people and get the help I need. Leif Hetland spoke at Redeemer, Re Redeeming Love Church at a luncheon for pastors and leaders and prayer ministers. And Leif, who's a world-class leader, speaks around the world, a lot in the Middle East, real ministry among the Muslims. Life says, I was addicted to opium because of back pain. It was so severe. I said, Life, I can walk with you because you don't pretend like everything's okay when it isn't. So you can't walk with somebody who's pretending. Who are the pretenders? Jesus called them hypocrites. Literally, play actors. They're playing a part. Who were they? The hypocrites, the Pharisees, the religious people. 
And they were so dangerous because they were dangerously close. Their theology was, or, was orthodox. They just didn't live their life. And so Jesus said, you're whitewashed sepulchers. <clears throat> My son, one year ago, wrote to his siblings. And he said, I'm sorry that I haven't been the kind of grace-oriented elder brother that you guys needed. Copy that. Two weeks later, his brother, with whom he had experienced a level of tension, wrote his email and acknowledged his failure. That's the kind of thing you hope for in a family. But let me tell you, few family systems live with honesty. Would you agree? Especially when you start becoming a teenager and the hormones are bouncing off the wall and you're experiencing things that you haven't experienced before, and maybe you're trying things that you haven't tried before, at least wanting to, and you can't talk with dad about it because he wouldn't understand. You can't talk to mom. And so you bury it. You keep it inside. You hold a secret more than a month that's holding you, and you call that fellowship. It's nothing close. And so most families, including the one that I grew up in, was like that. And I told my kids after my parents died, my dad was wonderful. My mom was wonderful. My mom was the most godly person I, th I think I've met. Wouldn't you agree? You, you, don't, you don't meet people like her on a regular basis. But yet they did not know. They didn't experience it. They didn't know what it meant to walk in the light as he is in the light so that we can have fellowship one with another. So we didn't have it in our family. So I came into a family not knowing how to do it. and took me a while to get to it. And there was some pretense in our family. I had a son who told me, not long ago, I felt like the marred child in a family without any marred. I was the flawed person in a flawless family. I said, didn't your, didn't your brothers ever talk to you? Didn't I ever say anything to you? And he said, no, I felt, I felt like an idiot. Why didn't I share some of my struggles? Why did, I, why, did, why did I distance myself by not being vulnerable if we walk in the light? Before that, if we say we have no sin, who's being deceived? We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light, that doesn't mean walk in perfection. It means walk exposed. We're in the light. We're exposed. God is light. And if we walk in the light, then what do we have? We have two things. What do we get? Fellowship. What's fellowship? Literally, koinonia, sharing. Koinos, Greek word for commoner. Sharing, koinonia. We have things in common. We have fellowship one with another. And what else do we get? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the thing that we think we're not going to get is what we get. What do we think we're not going to get if we're honest? Hey, they're, gonna, they're not going to accept me. In fact, we're going to accept them so much because we realize when he preached a sermon about four or six months ago about joy, wasn't that about, about that long ago? And, see, I remember. <laughs> he talked about joy, and he said, I want the kind of joy that is not conditioned by circumstances. Wouldn't you like that kind of joy? If our joy is circumstantial, then welcome to the roller coaster. Earth. 
And then he said, I'm not there. What a good way to say. He leveled the playing field and acknowledged that I'm not there. Well, I wanted to go with him then. I wanted to experience what he was going to try to experience. But he said, I'm there. I hope you guys make it. Then it's hard. I had a guy once, a, a young adult, that spoke at our Lenten service as a pastor at Trinity Lutheran San Pedro. He's now a missionary in Zimbabwe. And uh, he gave this good message about victory. After the evening was over, I said, let me ask you a question. Was it as easy as it sounded like? He said, no, it was really hard. Well then, next time you give it, tell us how hard it was. Because then we're more likely to go with you. But if you make it sound easy and we try it and it's not easy for us, we'll say, well, he's got it, I don't. So you want to lower the playing field. How do you lower the playing field? By vulnerability. Not letting it all hang out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about appropriate vulnerability, and John knows about it. That's why he writes in this first chapter. We're going to talk about this more on Thursday. We're going to go through this chapter. God is light. He gives two great proclamations. Chapter 1, God is light. And chapter 3, God is love. He talks more about love per capita than any other place in the Bible. But first he talks about love. Light exposes and love embraces. If you're willing to be exposed, then you're going to have the experience of being embraced by the love of God. If you walk in the light, if you learn to walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with the other. Vulnerability releases grace. When a person is vul vulnerable in a prayer meeting, you can, you can just feel the perfume. It's like perfume enters the room. Do you, did you understand what I just said? There's, a, there's something that's released when a person really gets honest in an atmosphere where there seems to be a little bit of pretense. You can come to a place like this where there's really good worship. Thank you, Dustin. And there's good sharing and good, hopefully, good messages. And you can say, well, I'm not there. And you may feel like you need to pretend while we're worshiping, like you've got, you are where others are when you're not there. And if you feel that way, that's unfortunate because vulnerability relates to having a safe place. And I'm trusting that this is a, this is a place that's safe where people are free to be who they are. Beverly told Jerry, I'd really like you to not spend too much time at work. I think you're spending too much time at work. I'd like you to spend a little more time with the kids. So Jerry, who had just heard a sermon about going low and being humble, reacted and, and said, I do my part in this marriage, lady. Keep your mouth shut. Beverly backed off, closed down, kept her pain to herself. Defensiveness 
destroys relationships. Vulnerability releases grace. Defensiveness kills it. Craig risked telling his boss that there was some dis dissatisfaction among the employees because of no break and because of a short lunch and just recommended that we have a chance to talk about those things. Martin responded by cutting Craig's hours and telling him he was a whiner. Carrie, a guy, really appreciates his wife. Tells her often. And so one day, very carefully, very gently, he said to her, you think it's possible that maybe you might be talking on the phone just a little too much. She blew and got on the phone with her mother to tell her how mean her husband was. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship. We have koinonia with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. Really sad that that happened. Captain, basketball team, told the coach that maybe the reason for their record is the tension that's on the team. The coach fought back the anger that was rising and he asked the captain for a little more information. The team met together, aired their differences, came to a deeper level of unity, and they won more games. <laughs> because they were a team. Turn to 2 Corinthians 12. Vulnerability is the willingness to be weak the willingness to be wounded. One of the clearest passages here about the work of the cross in Paul. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. I think that's quite a bit of restraint. But only three times he pled with the Lord to take it away from me, this thorn in the flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power 
is made perfect in weakness. If, if I'm afraid to be weak, I'm not going to see the power of God. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Sounds strange to boast about your weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. And then he closes. For when I am, say it, weak, then I am strong. Say it again. When I am weak, then I am strong. Where's Christ at his weakest? Jeremy, he's not here tonight, but Jeremy boxes. He's, oh, you are here. There you are. Jeremy's a boxer. You don't want to fight him. You don't want to fight Jeremy. But I've watched him. I've watched him train other people. And your position is a defensive position. You get these up where they're close to what could really hurt. Plus you're guarding your midsection. And you throw a punch and pull it back and so you're guarding yourself. That's a position of defense, right? What would be the, the position of least defensiveness? Imagine that position. Just imagine imagine them being pinned to this position. Total, absolute vulnerability. He'd already been beaten three times by the time he got to the cross. He was pulverized. He didn't look like a human being anymore. And now he's pinned to the cross, vulnerable to the elements. That's the way he lived all his life. Earth was not a safe place for the Son of God. Starting with the creator of the world, who, who spoke by his Father. He's the word that was spoken into the world, created it. He held it together by the power of his word, and now he's inside the body of a virgin girl and can't say any word. Talk about vulnerable. Vulnerable in a family that rejected him, that mocked him. It said, hey, why don't you go up to the feast? Do your miracles. Let your disciples see what you're doing. And John says they said this because they didn't believe in him. They're mocking him. He got mocked all his life as a child and as an adult. He goes into his hometown. They remember 30 years ago, this respectable parents, they had to get married. That was the story. The leaders said to him, we were not born in illegitimacy. He got mud thrown at him. Vulnerable to his disciples, who finally left him at his darkest hour, all alone, that's vulnerable. Beaten up, not once, but three times. Taking it. He's God, and he's taking it. That's vulnerable. He is the one, more than anyone, that shows us what it means to be open to attack and to not defend ourselves. Lord Jesus, teach us. Teach us about vulnerability. We're so defensive. We, we so easily react. We want to fight. And he could have, he said, I, I can call down ten legions of angels. And as he does that, 70,000 angels in heaven 
pull for their scabbard, re ready to hear the word. They're ready to attack. And the moment the son says, I've had enough. But he didn't do it because he, he was vulnerable for us. The blood enables us to be vulnerable because it says it gives us confidence to approach the throne. The blood of Jesus Christ gives us confidence not to be strong, but to acknowledge our need. Not to be cowards and pretend that it's okay when it isn't. Being willing to say, not to everybody, but to somebody, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's my need. Please help me. In that context, it says, if we confess our sins, the context is fellowship. I think it means then, if you take it in the context, confess to one another. It's easy to confess to God. He doesn't say, ooh, like we might think someone else might. But if we learn how to confess our sins to one another and walk in vulnerability, we're, we're, we're causing fellowship to increase. And when fellowship increases, koinonia increases, influence increases. Because as we walk in uni unity, the world sees that the Father sent the Son. So that's what we're looking for. There are four groups in the Gospels that know how to be vulnerable. See if you can think of the four groups that Jesus speaks about. Jesus uses them, uses them as examples that know about vulnerability. Children. Children often. The disciples are talking about who's the greatest. They had that argument in the upper room when Jesus was talking about his death. Read it. It's there. They were still discussing who was the greatest. They didn't want to do any foot washing because that would prove that I'm not the greatest. I'm the lowest. Like a little child. I love little children because they're so vulnerable. Listen to some of these things. It, they're, they're just wonderful. They're funny. Dear Miss McMahon, you're a good teacher, but not my most favorite teacher. <laughs> a child would say that. An adult couldn't get away with it. Dear God, thank you for our baby brother, but I asked for a puppy. Dear God, please send Dennis Clark to a different camp this summer. Don't you love it? My, my favorite is when the boy gets asked to lead in prayer. At, they have the relatives over for Easter, and he's really embarrassed by dad. He's thrown off guard. He's just a young guy. And he says, I don't know what to say. And mom says, just say what your mom says. He says, okay. Dear God, I sure don't like having all these relatives over for dinner. <laughs> Honesty. <laughs> hey, pastor. What are you going to do with the quarter my dad put in the offering plate? The kids, kids are just who they are. And Jesus uses them as a model. If we were more like children, 
You said you won't even get into the entrance if you're not like a child. Disciples saying, well, yeah, that's cute. They, they, wanna, they, they need to be in too. Jesus wasn't saying that. He was saying, they're the model for you guys. You've got to be like them in order to get in. So it's children. Who else? Servants. Because servants don't have anything to prove because they don't have anything at any, anyway. And they're an example. And then tax collectors and sinners. They have no reputation. So they have nothing to lose. So they might as well be honest. So he talks about the tax collector that says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What's the Pharisee doing? Bragging about how good he is. I thank you. Like, he's doing it in his prayer. I thank you that I'm not like other people. There's no fellowship there. But there is when someone says, God, be merciful. He's learned the mercy system rather than the merit system. And we know what the merit system has done to us. We know that it's beaten us up. And so we can identify that guy, and we want to get close. So Jesus talks often about the importance of vulnerability using those four models, tax collectors, sinners, children, and servants. And he's the model of it all. Just talk back to me now. What might keep you from vulnerability? Fear of? Mm. That's a big one, isn't it? Rejection doesn't feel good. Have you been rejected? You don't want to be rejected again, so you, you fear. Have you experienced that in being vulnerable? You know, maybe there are times where we have, where we were vulnerable, and somebody took it the wrong way, and they hit us with it, so we learn. Okay, I guess you don't talk about that here. Yeah. Any, what else? Pain? Mm-hmm. Fear of abandonment. Pardon? Pride. Pride's a big one. Yeah, I, I, I want to at least look good. If I'm not that good, I want to at least look like I am. It feels good to be appreciated for something, even if it's not who I really am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is safer. I, kids, kids will ask any question when you get older. You don't want to ask a question because you don't want to look like a dummy. And so you want somebody else to ask it, right? <laughs> At least let them show that they're stupid. I don't want to ask a question. Drake, were you going to say something? Fear of attack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who are you? Man, you don't belong here. That kind. Mm. You know, when we learn to do it as a, as a community, it's going to upgrade our fellowship. And you know what happens when you upgrade fellowship? You upgrade worship. When relationships increase, so does worship. If you want to increase your worship life, increase your relationships. When your relationships are out of order, God says, don't worry about your worship. Lay your gift at the altar. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come. Because where there's unity, the, the worship goes off the charts. Where there's a deep sense of unity, it's growing. And the deeper it gets, the deeper will be our level of worship. I'm going to stop here. Let, let me just ask one more question. What, what are some of the benefits of vulnerability? What will vulnerability do for us here or in your home? Let me just, by the way, say, why don't you lead the pack in your own family and see if what you do can encourage greater vulnerability in your home? Andrew led it. Israel led it. They... they they were willing to be vulnerable 
And some things happened that changed the way our family does business. So thankful. Out of their need, they got vulnerable. How about if you did that in your family? Could your, could your family learn something more about being honest with each other, honest in relationships? Boy, I wish, I wish we had that talk before my mom and dad died. And you know, when this, when this happened, Andrew said, Dad, I'm sure glad we had this talk before you died. Because as a result of this, I went to them and I said, where have I failed you as a father? And as I told you, they didn't wait 10 seconds to start telling me. They jumped right in. And I, I was reacting inside saying, that's not true, that's not true. And I asked Andrew, Andrew, is that true? And he said, yeah, it is. It changed, it changed our family. It changed the way we operate. You never go back. You can change your family. God, help you to do that. What are some other, some advantages, some strengths of vulnerability? Yeah. Don't talk about intimacy if you, if you don't know about vulnerability. Don't talk about it, because it's not true. Yeah, great. What do you think? Once you've gotten it out and you're accepted, that's such a wonderful feeling, isn't it? Oh, my. Because a secret has to be sustained. And sometimes it has to be sustained by other secrets. Lies have to be sustained by lies. And if you come into the light and then walk in the light, I think there's going to be a whole lot of peace that you didn't know was possible. Freedom, yeah, pointing out there, and there he is. Real freedom. Well, one, one reason that there's freedom is because you're not holding that weakness yourself. And you're letting other people pray for you. Pray for us that we're living in the temple of God. Good point, honey. James says that, the brother of Jesus who didn't like Jesus growing up came to acknowledge him as the Lord of his life, not just the brother. He said, therefore, confess your faults or sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Mm -hmm. So when you are vulnerable enough to say, I really need your help. I need prayer. You guys know Gary Gilbertson. He's going to come, I hope, in March. I want to talk about him coming in March. I'm, he, knows, he knows when I struggle, I call him or I call Larry. He's my mentor. And it's wonderful because it's freeing. They pray for me. Let me be healed. So. Good. Very true, very true. Well, let's, let's just say yes to this, okay? Let's say yes to what God wants to do in our midst to draw us deeper, to draw us closer in our relating to one another in our homes. Oh, I pray that you might see what can happen. Let me know, let Karen and me know if something happens in your home as a result of this because that, that's going to be very encouraging if you're willing to take that step and make it happen. Vulnerability means you're not criticizing what they're doing. 
Do you understand that? It means you're willing to be weak and say, you know, Dad, I don't know if you've ever struggled with this, but I'm really struggling with some things. I wish I'd said that to my dad. I never did. But you say that to your dad, he's not going to beat you up. Maybe he's going to share a struggle that he's got. And immediate fellowship, immediately, within a second or two, your hearts are joined. So, Father, we pray. Father, we pray. Give us courage, courage to be weak. What a gift in a marriage to be weak, not to be defensive and strong. What a, what a gift that you can be weak with one another and share your Pray for one another. What a gift in a family. What a gift in a congregation. What a gift at Communitas. That we could agree. This is a place where we are not going to pretend. That we're going to walk in the light together. And experience the joy of what happens when we are truly willing to be weak. I'll uh, give some things to Kat to, to put out to you. I've got about ten verses about weakness. The Bible says about weakness. They're just wonderful verses. Jesus at his weakest is God at his strongest. You at your weakest is God at his strongest. Makes me willing. Makes me willing.